Hey everyone, welcome to Healthy Mind, Happy Life Podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Engler. I believe that we can all move through life transitions without losing who we are, but it takes the right support, community, and connection to carry us through. We can heal through sharing experience, strength, and hope. Each week, we will have genuine and real conversations that will inspire you to shift your mindset to live a happier, free life. Okay, so today I wanted to record an episode, but I'm going to be honest and transparent that I have no idea what this is going to be about. We're just going to see at the end what this ends up transpiring to be. I am just tapping into my intuition and thinking about all the conversations that I've been having recently with people. And one of them is compartmentalizing during times of survival. And so not just with clients, but also with some friends, we've been talking about how there's just no space and time to process the hard shit. So you've been through a lot in the last year or two. Maybe you had a traumatic situation or you're going through a breakup or life has just been a lot, maybe family, relationship challenges, whatever it might be, just a lot going on. And when we're in that, and we have kids, adult responsibilities, jobs, it can feel like a lot to try to break that down and process it. So what we do as humans is we compartmentalize and we tuck it away in a part within us and we say we're going to save that for a rainy day. The thing is, life keeps happening. Life keeps going on. And so we don't ever pull it out. Again, we keep it tucked away. And as time goes by, sometimes it feels like I'm better. Things are going fine. I'm not going to disrupt something and bring up old stuff when I'm okay right now. And there might be some truth to that. I mean, you might be okay. Life might actually be going good for you right now. The thing is, if it's tucked away, that's going to start manifesting itself if it hasn't already in some some way, shape, or form. And I can totally understand why you why you wouldn't want to, right? If things are going good, why am I going to bring up bad shit that happened to me? I'm not. I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm not going to disrupt the peace. The thing is, if we leave it untouched, it's actually affecting us, right? It's being stored inside our body. And like I said, it's manifesting itself in other ways that maybe aren't visible to to the naked eye, but they're there. And they come out in our reactions, in our behaviors, in our thought processes. So when I was talking to a friend recently, they were explaining how it's just it's too much. It's too much to try to sift through. It's overwhelming, but that it is impacting their life. It's causing them to be forgetful, 
It's causing them to be overwhelmed and anxious. And, and often what I see, and personally, I've experienced this too, that when stressful things happen, I'm not always able to manage it because I go back into that survival mode in compartmentalizing and tucking that away. And I just go to my automated responses that are so familiar and embedded in me. So we have to break it down. We have to dig deep. And if you listened to episode 49, I believe it was, about how our body keeps score. And I didn't I didn't come up with that title. There's actually a book called The Body Keeps Score. And it and it talks all about how we we store these things in our body. And so we we might think we're compartmentalizing it in our mind. And that might that might be the case, but we're also compartmentalizing it in our body. And we can't always just pick the things that we want to focus on. Sometimes we have to focus on the things that are coming up for us. I can I can hear and understand why you may be hesitant to this process. Especially if there's still a lot going on in life it can feel like I'm not putting something else on my plate. I'm not going to go to therapy. I'm not going to journal. I'm not going to do any of these things to work through it because it's too much. And there is, there's a lot of truth to that. We also don't want to overwhelm our nervous systems and send ourselves into a state that's collapsed and depressed because that's not helpful either. So we want to do it at a time where we feel like someone can hold that space for us and help us find safety. I know I can give you an example of my process in therapy. I started going for trauma, but I've actually been talking a lot about my parenting style and challenges with my kids. And I've been talking about the same issue for years, but haven't really found any freedom in or been able to become the parent that I really want to become, not just for them, but for my my own self. I'm not happy with how things are going. I'm not always happy with my reaction. And I read all the things, I know all the things, but there's this, this point where where it's like, that stuff isn't going to be helpful if I don't learn how to regulate myself. And so, yes, I went to therapy for one thing, and I do still work on that, but I can't keep fighting this other problem and challenge in my life that keeps coming up this, that's dysregulating me. And so I had to pivot. I had to be flexible and be open to that process so I can acknowledge how I'm feeling. I can acknowledge what is coming up instead of running from it. And because I've done that, the other things that I'm trying to work on are now becoming easier. So if you would have told me to go to therapy to work on this stuff with my kids, I would have said, no, 
that's a, that's just, I'm not going to do it, right? I can read a book on that. I'm not going to spend all this money and time on therapy. But because I'm already in it, it just has happened naturally. And it's been really incredibly helpful. And there's a, a moment where I had a mental breakdown about, you know, just feeling completely exhausted by my son's behavior. And I just feel overwhelmed from at times when I don't know how to help him, how to give him tools that he needs, how to help myself. And I had this mental breakdown, but I needed to, I needed to have that mental breakdown and then process through it. And something clicked, something changed. I can't tell you what a force greater than myself, but something changed, something clicked. And now I feel like it's not perfect, but it's better than it was. And I have more room to work on that because I'm learning better ways and techniques to regulate my nervous system. And a lot of that is through acceptance and acknowledgement of my feelings instead of trying to push it away and pretend it doesn't exist because that's what we do, right? It comes up, we pretend it doesn't exist or we tell ourselves we don't have time for that or I'll deal with it later. Yet we continue to fall into these patterns of dysregulation or unable to communicate with our partner or not parenting the way we want to parent or continuing to live in these same behaviors that we've always lived in that continue to harm us and have a harmful impact on our emotional state, on our relationships and in other areas of our life. So I can, again, understand why it would feel overwhelming to tackle these things, but also isn't it just as overwhelming and exhausting to keep going on that same way? Personally, I think so. It feels more exhausting to keep fighting and battling than it is to go to therapy, even though they're both exhausting, but one has a light at the end of the tunnel. The other just reinforces all of the same patterns, emotions, and behaviors that I'm I'm used to. The other thing, Part of this is shoulds, the shoulds. And I always tell people, stop shooting all over yourself, right? I should be going to the gym. I should be in a healthier relationship. I should have a better job. I should have more money. I should be a better parent. I should be more mindful. I should be this. And when we do that, it creates all this expectation and pressure on ourselves, which then leads to feelings of failure, not good enough, low self-worth, and reinforces that same story that we've always told ourselves, that we're not good enough, that we're not confident enough, that see, I'm, yeah, I'm another failure because I didn't make it to the gym today. I didn't parent the way I wanted to parent. I wasn't as patient as I wanted to be. I wasn't as productive at work. And because we set ourselves up for failure before we even try, we put this expectation on ourselves that we should be doing these things based on what society has told us, based on messages we've received 
as kids, from our parents, from friends, from things we've seen throughout life. And all it does is dig that hole deeper and deeper. But I'm wondering what would happen if you asked yourself, what do I want? What sounds good to me? Going to the gym is overwhelming. It's too big of a task because a lot of times what I see is people, we'll use this gym example, people want to go to the gym, and but they dread it or they avoid it because of whatever reason. But what they're finding is themselves continuing to put themselves in this position position of should. I should go to the gym. I should because it's healthy for you, because it's good for your body. It's good for your mind. It's good for weight loss because I should lose weight. I need to be this certain weight. And they put all this pressure and expectation on themselves. And the, the motivation is now gone away because it's not something you actually want to do. You don't actually want to go to the gym. You just think you should be doing it. And as a result, you're reinforcing that feeling of uh, being a failure. So what I tell people is just stop. Stop trying to make yourself go to the gym because you know you're not going to do it. Start with something smaller. And so we'll have conversation around what are some hobbies that you like? What are some movement practices you like? And making that that goal something a lot smaller and not so overwhelming. If you just do some stretching or some yoga or dancing or go for a walk around your block or just a five-minute stretch in the morning, something small, it's better than nothing. And I know it's hard to get past that thought process of, well, it's not enough. It's not doing anything for me, but it is. It's a starting point. You're picking a place to start and you're starting. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I can do this thing for five minutes, whatever it is. And then once you start finding routine and habit and even joy in what you're doing, that's going to increase your motivation to want to do more of it. So. If you can do that, it's going to feel less daunting and overwhelming and more exciting and motivating. The other part of this I tell people is, what are you doing? Look at your life right now. What are you doing? Right? If you have a job that's consuming you and taking up a lot of your energy, how much energy do you have left at the end of the day to actually work out? Probably not a whole lot. If it's not something that has been a part of your routine, it's not embedded in you, then it's going to be harder to work on this thing that you really should be doing, but really your job and whatever else you're doing is consuming so much of your life. I had a client who was talking about something like this and they were like, well, I just used to love going to the gym and I was in really good shape and I was super strong and I was making all these gains. And then I stopped because I moved and I got this job and I had all these things going on, but I should be doing it. I have no reason not to. And I said, okay, yeah, that, that may be true, right? You have, maybe you, you don't have a reason not to, 
but there is something interfering with you being able to go. There's some kind of resistance within you that you're feeling that's not motivating you to go. It's not something that lights you up, that excites you. And so I, I use this technique of making it smaller and not so overwhelming because this person felt overwhelmed by starting over because that thought of, I know where I used to be. And then having to go through that process again, to get back to that place. It's like, Oh, I don't want to go through all that again. I just want to pick up where I left off. And so we created smaller goals and, and decided, okay, maybe a 15-minute movement practice at home is a better place to start. And are mornings better or afternoons better? And picking that time of day that works better for you. If you keep saying, I'm going to go to the gym after work, but you keep finding yourself on the couch at the end of the day, then that time of the day is not best for you. Even though you keep saying it is, maybe morning is better for you. So we, when we shoot all over ourselves, we again, create all these expectations and we're swimming up the river instead of with it. We're making it so much harder on ourselves instead of trying to tap into, okay, what is best for me? Mornings are better for me. A smaller movement practice is better for me. Three days a week is better for me or whatever it might be. Taking a pause completely right now is better for me. And when we do that, things feel a lot easier because now we're not putting all that additional pressure on ourselves. And we're actually just listening to what feels right. I know that sometimes I will avoid working out by cleaning the house or going on my phone or doing work. And I'm like, okay, I got to get out to the garage and work out. I got to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. And I can feel that resistance. And I'm like, well, why yesterday did I just get up and go out in the garage? And I was like super excited to do this workout because today my body's not wanting that. And yes, there are those days that I can kind of push myself, but there a lot of those days I have to listen to that. What am I doing? Why am I doing all of these things? Because I'm avoiding it. That's not what sounds good to me today. What sounds good to me is to go down into my dance studio or to go for a walk around the block with the baby or to just not do anything and take a rest day. And so I have to listen to what is best for me, what feels really good to me and go with that. And once I learned how to do that, things felt a lot smoother and a lot easier. I just give the gym example because it's a common one I hear, but we do this in all facets of our life. We do it in relationships. We put it on other people. We put it on ourselves. Well, he should know how to read my mind. He should just do the dishes. He should just be able to get up with the baby in the middle of the night. Or I should. I should. So we do this to ourselves and to other people. What would happen to your life if that was removed? Think about that for a second. Would life feel lighter? Would it feel easier? I am the biggest perpetrator of doing all of these things, of shooting all over myself, of pushing myself beyond my limits, never feeling like I'm good enough, always could be doing more. 
But what I have learned is some of these pieces are who I am, but I've learned tools and I've done a lot of work on myself that I start, I can now recognize those things. And when I'm starting to to get into that, I, I can feel it. I'm like, why am I feeling so antsy or anxious or irritable? And I can take that step back and say, oh, well, duh, it's because I'm putting all this extra pressure on myself. I don't have energy to do all these other things that I want want to do because I'm too busy worrying about the things I should be doing. And learning grace and self-compassion have been a major tool in helping me take a step back from all of that, all of those things. Okay, how can I show myself some self-compassion here? I can acknowledge that, yes, my mind wants to get into the gym, but my body does not. And I'm going to honor that today. And that's okay. And for a long time, I was not okay with it, but I did it anyway. And because of that, over time, it, it got better. I found acceptance with it. So sometimes it's just trying these things out and seeing how they go and riding through the discomfort for a little bit until you get to the other side, because it is going to be uncomfortable. It's something new that you're working on. And I wouldn't expect anyone to just be okay with, I wouldn't expect anyone to be comfortable with the change because it's something new, it's unfamiliar, it's unknown territory. So you have to feel it out, right? You got to dip your toe in. You have to see how it goes. You have to keep dipping your toe in. Dip your toe in again. It's like dipping your toe in the bathtub, right? It feels really hot at first, but then every time you do it, the temperature seems like it's cooling down because your body's adjusting to that temperature. It's the same thing when you're going through a change like this. It takes a little bit of time. So get through the discomfort and also honor yourself. Honor what you want, not what you should be doing. Honor what you want, not what other people are doing. And life will feel less resistant and it will feel more balanced, more ease, more flow. Well, that is all I really have to say. I kind of just wung that wung wing winged it winged it I don't know (laughs) something (laughs) I gave it the best I could I hope that this episode was helpful to you I honestly just felt called to share whatever was coming out today I hope that this episode gets the wheels turning and that you guys can start showing yourself some grace and compassion And when you do that, I promise you, you will start to feel more confident moving through life. Thanks, guys. I will see you all back next week.